Verse number 5 of chapter 2 of 1 Peter. Ye also as lively stones are built up spiritual houses and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to, to the God by Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. Just ask to open hearts and minds to receive the word in it. And we ask you to bless the reading of thy word, Lord. Just help us to guide us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Last week we were looking at the description of the Old Testament Levitical priesthood. We looked at a lot of things they, that pertained to them. And Peter writes here uh, that we are a holy priesthood, uh, offering up spiritual sacrifices. No doubt in his mind when Peter was thinking about this, the literal Levitical priesthood uh, was making application to you and I. Last week we saw how God, God's people were called out of Egypt. And we looked at the reason why they were called out of Egypt. They were called out to sacrifice. They were called out to serve. They were called out to praise the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that is our job tonight. We're not called to sit. We're not, we're called to serve we're called to sacrifice, and we're called to celebrate our Savior. We saw their dedication on how they were be consecrated to the work of God and the Word of God. They were supposed to be clean. When they did the work of God, it was always their job to share the commandments of God with others that others in the nation of Israel might come to know in His atonement. To see the need as man comes to the tabernacle to make sacrifice to God so they could be in fellowship and a relationship with God. That's our job description tonight. We are called to be and to do what God has called. We are, we are concentrated to God. We are called to be clean. And we are called to compel sinners to come to Christ, the Lamb of God. So what we found is all of that, their job is also our jobs tonight. It doesn't change. God has not changed. Everything God had called them to do, God has called you and I to do tonight. And if you're here tonight and you're saved, you're a priest of God. We offer up sacrifices to our Heavenly Father through the great high priest Jesus Christ. So tonight we're going to look at our first sacrifice that you and I are supposed to do. You and I, as a job of our priest, we offer up this sacrifice unto the Father tonight. Look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Tonight I want to talk about our sacrifice of service. Our sacrifice of service. We're, we're going to read... Uh, our job. We're going to stand before God one day and I want to make sure that I have done what He has asked me to do. Many times that you were able to do something, uh, your parents might have asked you to do something and they take off and go to the store. And being a child like we are, sometimes we just slips our mind that we were told to do something. 
and we get sidetracked, we get to playing, we get running around and doing things, and, and about that time that car pulls up in the driveway, and uh, you hear that door open, you go, oh snap. <laughs> I haven't done what I was supposed to do. I can't empty the garbage, I can't wash the dishes, I, 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 I'm, I'm behind. Well, the same thing with God. God has called you and I to do something. But sometimes we get sidetracked and, and we don't do what God has called us to do. And one day we're going to stand before God. And when we stand before God, we're going to say, oh, snap. I haven't done what I was supposed to do. I've been slack on my duties as a priest of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I, I believe... And all the sacrifices that we make, I, I believe every one of them hinges on this sacrifice tonight of service. If you don't get this one down, if you don't get this one down pat, you don't, you're not striving to get this one down, then none of the rest of them is going to work out in your life. If you're not striving to do this one, God, the sacrifice of your body, then none of the rest is going to matter. We have to get this down pat. The service of our bodies, the sacrifice of our bodies. And, and when I say spiritual sacrifices of your body, it's, it, it's your whole body. When you look at the sacrifices in the Old Testament, Every bit of the sacrifice was used. God got it all. You say, how much uh, uh, does God want of me? God wants all of you. He wants every bit of you. Paul starts out in this chapter, and I love this, I beseech you. That word beseech is a strong word. It's like I'm begging you. There's never been more of a problem today than having getting Christians live a Christian life. To bring their bodies into subjection of the Word of God. You should not have to beg God's people to live right, to do right, talk right. You shouldn't have to beg them to do that. But he says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice. Let me give you three quick things about this sacrifice of service, your body. We find this sacrifice is, it has requirements. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now watch, here are the requirements. Holy, acceptable unto God. Preacher, you mean that I come to God, I can't come any way I want to? Listen to me. When it comes to salvation, God says, come as you are. 
Bring your baggage, bring whatever you're carrying. When it comes to salvation, God says, come as you are. But when it comes to service, the first thing that is required, you have to have a holy sacrifice. He says, I, I want your body. I want you to be holy. Why? Because I want you to be like me. Be ye holy, said the Lord, for I am holy. That's because he wants you to be less like you and more like him tonight. God is going to accept you and use you. Then he said you've got to quit being like you and being more like him. Our biggest problem of this type of sacrifice is ourselves. You know who your biggest fan is? You. I know because I'm my biggest fan too. We're all our biggest fans. So for us to realize God's not a fan of us, God is a fan of His Son. God wants us to be more like Him. Seeing how He's the only perfect man there was, why should God put such a requirement on His priest in this living sacrifice? Hold your place here. Hold it right here. will be back here. But turn to Exodus chapter 29. Let me show you why God puts a high, high price on uh, holiness. High price on being sacrificed. Verse 20. Then shalt thou kill the ram and take his blood and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons and upon the thumb of the right hand and upon the great toe of the right foot and sprinkle the blood upon the altar around about and thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon their garments and his sons with them and he shall be a hollow in his garments and his sons his sons and his sons garments with him the reason God puts a, such a high requirement on them is because they've got something on them. They are covered in something that God deems to be very important. These two things is the blood. And of course, we realize, uh, and no doubt we know that the blood is a sacrifice of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary when he died in our place. We've been washed by the blood. We have been covered by the blood. But the oil in the text, oil in the Bible is a picture of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. We're not just been covered by the blood, but we have been baptized in the family of God. And now God lives on the inside. And if God is living on the inside, then God says, you must be holy. That's why he wants you to be holy tonight. Because you've been washed by the blood of Jesus. The Spirit of God is resting inside of you. Now, I fall short of that all the time. But that doesn't mean that I'm not trying every day. 
to give him what he's rightly deserved. Every priest's wardrobe was to cry, I am holy. Back up one chapter, chapter 28, verse 36. Thirty six, and thou shalt make a plate of pure gold, engrave upon it like the engravings of a, a senate sign it. And if you see those block letters, you only see that about three or four times in the Bible. It means get a hold of this. Holiness to the Lord. He's saying, uh, not only have you been touched, uh, not only have you been washed by the blood, uh, now you got God living on, but everything that you wear should cry out, holiness. What does your cl- clothes cry out? What does your clothes cry out? I'm trying to live a holy life. I'm trying to do what God said to do. Their clothes even cried out holiness. If you read chapter 29, and I, I encourage you to go home and read chapter 29, you'll find there were a lot of things that the priests couldn't do. And I imagine people thought, they're some peculiar people. They're weird. They're different. Well, they think the same thing about us. Same thing about us. They just couldn't do something. Why? Because God called them to be priests. There were some things they couldn't do, but there were some things they could do that nobody else could do. They got to walk into the tabernacle. Nobody else could do that. They could get behind the veil. Nobody else could do that. They got in the presence of God. Nobody else could do that. They saw the glory of God. They said, they, people say, why as a Christian, why am I a Christian and I can't do the things that other people are doing in this world? Because you're not of this world. You're holy. You're to separate yourself from the world because God lives on the inside of you. Stop focusing on what the world does and start focusing on what God wants you to do. Amen. Amen. You can turn back to the thing. Our text says, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Now go to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to jump all over the Bible tonight. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us, and have given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. He said you are to walk in love as Christ. Just like when Jesus died on the cross, God smelt that sacrifice of Christ and said, that smells sweet. That, that's a sweet smell. Once you accept uh, uh, Jesus as your sacrifice, and don't miss this, don't miss this. Your living sacrifice is not good enough if it's not rooted in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You get me? 
Whatever you sacrifice, if it ain't rooted in Jesus Christ, it'll never be good enough. The only way we can offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice if we do it through Jesus Christ, which is acceptable, and apply His sacrifice to our lives. When you give your, your desires and give up your wants and your needs for the sake of the gospel, God said, that smells sweet. Keep yourselves clean. I don't want to be a stinky Christian. Don't want to be one. You want to be a sweet smell. Verse 3. If you read from verse 3 all the way down to verse 10, I'm not going to read them. It take up too much time. But in these verses here, it tells you, how if you are living in the world, you can't be that sweet-smelling Savior to God. But he says, then, he, and then he's down in verse 7, says, Be ye not there, therefore partakers with them. Don't live like the world. Don't talk like the world. Don't act like the world. For we were sometimes in darkness, but now we are in the light in the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is the all goodness and righteousness and fruit. Proving, here we go back to the Romans, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So God tells us, this is you do these things, all this sin in your life, you're doing them, you're not living a holy life, you cannot be a sacrifice. But in order for you to be a sacrifice, you've got to clean yourself up to be what God has called you to be, to do what God has called you to do. So we, think, we see there are some requirements of being, being a sacrifice for God. And all of those there are requirements, we see the sacrifice is reasonable. You say, well, what you've told me so far sounds unreasonable. Listen, I don't require it of you. It's not my requirements. God requires that for every one of us. I'm not just trying to do what he wants us to do. He said, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto, which, unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, it's not out of bounds. It's not far-fetched. Most people want to do what they want to do, say what they want to say, and go where they want to go. Wear what they want to wear, watch what they want to watch, listen to what they want to watch, and still call themselves Christians. No, you can't do that. Doing this is not going to kill you. Why is it reasonable when it seems so unreasonable to the church people today? The very first part of it is, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, my, by the mercies of God. Why is it reasonable? Because God has shown such mercy and grace in our lives. It's not, that, it's not so far out. For Him to accept us, to want to walk, and live right, and do things for Him, that is reasonable.
Paul said, therefore, meaning reaching back, looking back in the light, looking back in chapters 9, 10, 11, he says, therefore, looking at those things, he's telling us everything. This is why you should be presenting your bodies a living sacrifice. He talks about how Israel forsook the king, how Israel walked away from the Savior. And God put them on the side, and he said, I come looking for the Gentiles. The reason why you and I can go get to the throne of God today is because Christ set Israel aside, and he called the Gentiles out. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve to be in God's family. God could have left us to die and go to hell, and he would have been justified. But God in His grace, God in His mercy came to where we were, reached down in the dirt and picked us up, washed us off, and put us in the family of God. That's why it's, it's reasonable. That's why it's reasonable to sacrifice your body and your service to God. Can I say this? Everything that the Lord went through, the cross of Calvary, through the judgment hall, he didn't do it in secret. I mean, they stripped him naked and hung him on the cross before his mother and all the crowd and his disciples. And yet he did it in the open. So many Christians have a problem coming to the altar because people think something's wrong with me. Don't come here off to think something's wrong with you. It's not unreasonable for his service. 1 John 5, 3 says, But this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. In other words, it's not grievous you to do the things... It's not grievous you to walk around and shout and praise God and shout for the victory what God has given you in your life. I don't want to go back the way I was. I'm living a lot better life today in Jesus Christ than I did before. It's reasonable. It's not grievous to sacrifice, to serve. God told him in Numbers 18 and 7, uh, talking about the Levites and, and their service, he said, I have given them this service, this job, this task as the Levites. He says, I have given them this as a gift. It wasn't a burden. It's not a burden to serve God. God said it ain't grievous, it ain't, it ain't unreasonable. This is a gift. Lord, help us not to look at the lot in life as a priest of God and say it's some kind of burden to serve God. It's boring. It's a drag. Lord, I thank God for letting us to do something for him. You're doing something that other people can't get to do. Talking about this job. And it's a pretty good one too. People say, why are you so happy serving God? Because he saved me. Because he's wonderful. 
service that's not unreasonable to serve God. We see the requirements, we see the uh, re reasonable service, then we see the radical. I look at this being a radical in verse number two. And be ye not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by renewing of your mind. That's radical because I, I live in this world, but yet I'm called out of this world. Look, when it comes to your body, when it comes to your mind, it comes to your eyes, your ears, your nose, your feet, your heart, your hands, comes totally. Here's the radical part. Be not conformed to this world. That means conform oneself to another pattern. You should be cut off from the pattern of the world. Don't be cut out like what the world wants you to look like. Don't, don't, don't be cut out of the pattern what the world th thinks you ought to sound like or walk like or talk like. Don't be cut out of that. Just cut yourself out of the pattern of somebody else. Let me just say this. You young people, you need to find you somebody that is serving God, walking with God, loving God, and you ought to just hook up with them and pattern yourself after them. Amen. Problem is, our young people are starting patterning themselves after the world. Sports figures, they make gods out of them. Movie stars, they make gods out of them. Singers, they make gods out of them. They're patterning themselves after them. But God says, you want to pattern yourself after something, pattern yourself after a saint. To make your body a living sacrifice, this is what you got to do. You got to look at the world. They say, this is what you need to look like. This is what you're talking. You can say, no. I, I ain't going with the world. I'm, I'm coming over here. You're not going to tell me how to dress. You're not going to tell me how to talk. You're not going to tell me how to raise my kids. You're not going to tell me I can't go to church. I'm going to pattern myself after something over here. Something that's holy. Something that is of God. That's radical to me. That's radical. The reason why a lot of people have a problem is because they say they're Christians, yet they're still grabbing for the things of the world. They pattern themselves out of the world. And that's why they have such a hard problem sacrificing the bodies to Christ. Because they still want to hold their bodies. The world still has a hold on them. The world's got a hold on you. You need to get rid of it. How, how do you do that? Well, if you go to Ephesians chapter 4, anytime the, listen to any time the Lord tells you to get rid of this, He'll give you something in this place. Stop doing this and start doing this. Stop going there and start going here. Stop looking at that and start looking at this. Stop saying this and start saying it. Anytime God tells you to get rid of something, anytime He tells you that, He's always going to fill that void with something that He wants you to do. God always puts something in place. Take ye, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Suffice to say, 
If you're going to have to have a sacrificial body that is radical, you're going to have to be transformed. You're going to have to change from what you were to something that God wants you to be. It's a radical thought, ain't it? Oh, it's to change our life like that. But there's something revealing in this sacrifice. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know why so many Christians don't know the will of God in their lives? Because they have never submitted their bodies as a living sacrifice. If you start letting God have all of you, you'll find out that God's been trying to lead you all along. God is directing me. God is pouring out on me. He's pointing me in the direction I need to go and what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Now that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm finding out that I didn't even know about it until God started directing me. The reason why Christians can't discern the will of God for their lives because their body still belongs to them. They haven't given it to God. Let me say this. If you want to know what the will of God for your life is, submit your body. Tell him, here I am, Lord. It is yours. You direct it. You got it. You lead it. It's not mine no more. Submit your body as a living sacrifice. That is your reasonable service. Have you submitted yourself to God? We're required to. God said that's what we're supposed to do. Submit our bodies as a living sacrifice. Which is your reasonable service sacrifice. Amen. Each and every 